I'm Francesca Donnellan. Welcome to Becoming More Human, the podcast. Every generation, through its arts and creativity, explores the same questions. Who am I and what really matters? We are so often taught how to emulate others to make other people happy. But how do we access what's good for ourselves and be strong enough to actually claim it? It's a constant practice because we all keep evolving. There are no limits to personal growth. You can start your journey today and get closer to discovering your true self. Give back to the people around you and make the world a better place. Hello, listeners. On today's episode, I'm talking with Bola Sol. She's a mathematics and finance graduate, content creator and author who found passion in women coming together to discuss money matters. Her work as a finance coach has enabled her to lead panel discussions about money for media companies, such as the Financial Times and The Guardian, deliver finance workshops to corporations like Amazon and Snapchat, she has been featured on the BBC, Sky News, Forbes, Glamour, Huffington Post, Stylist Magazine and Refinery29 for her thoughts and opinions on financial wellness. She is the author of How to Save It, published in January 2021 with Murky Books. Through one conversation at a time, she wants to empower people to take the fear out of finance and harness a healthy money mindset. I absolutely loved having this very short, sharp, powerful conversation. You are going to learn so much. So get your pen and paper out and ready to think about finance differently. So that's enough from me and let's jump straight in. Bola, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. And your your voice is putting me in a chirpy mood. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Bola, the sun is shining. And on this podcast, you know, we often get started with the weather because, you know, becoming more human, being out with nature, looking at what's going on in the world and seeing the sunshine amongst the sort of thunderstorms that we keep having in the UK at the moment. It's just a little bit of light relief. You know, we need a bit of sunshine. It's spring after all. <laughs> we need a lot of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're so you're so British in that respect. I'm just a tiny bit. Yeah. Like, oh, we, we. Between this and the cost of living, I'm like, no, we need all the sun we can get. I feel you. I know. Well, ready to leave this country at this rate. Um, well, you know, you just touched on there the cost of living, Bola. Like one thing, you know, we discussed briefly before we jumped on air. You know, today's conversation is all about money, and money. It's maybe a topic that people listening to Becoming More Human wouldn't automatically think related to the subject topic. And it couldn't be more important. It can define all of our journeys in life and it, it can be the underlying factor of all the different routes we get to take or, or not take. And money, you know, is at the center of all of those decision-making processes in our life. And mm-hmm. it can totally rule us um, for the good and for the bad. So Paula, what is your journey with, with money and finances? You know, how did you become the expert that you are now on it? And, and what have you seen on this, on this journey to people sort of getting on top of their finances, talking about and talking about money? Yeah, I actually love talking about <laughs> my journey because it starts for a few reasons. One, I studied maths and finance at uni. I was always really good with numbers. And I always felt like I'd never want anyone to cheat me out of my money. Mm. Um, and I remember thinking, oh, I want to be like the C- CEO or CFO of a really big bank one day. But you go into the corporate world and between like, racism and sexism you're like uh, I don't know about this like I don't I don't see 
I don't see my gender. I don't see my race. <laughs> yeah. I don't see either. But for me, I always felt like the foundational conversation of money needed to exist before we're talking about investments and bonds, because I learned a lot about that at uni. Mm. So I remember speaking to my best friend and she studied psychology and she was like, she just didn't understand what I was talking about. And I just thought if she doesn't understand, I wonder how many other people don't. Mm. So I literally decided I'm just going to start a blog and I'm going to start talking about money. Now it's important to note that this was at a time when nobody was talking about anything else but fashion and beauty. So stepping outside of that seemed very odd to people around me, but eventually between that and, you know, the wellness space, there became more of a space for other topics. And I'm, I'm really glad that should I say as an internet society, we have, we have become more well-rounded. Mm, well, that's definitely helped us to sort of broaden our horizons, having you know access to the internet and social media. Did you find, though, back in the day when you started to discuss money with friends, that it was met with some tension and people not really understanding why you felt the need to to go into those sort of subject topics? Yeah, yeah, but I think the tension just comes from culturally being British and not really speaking about money it's all very hush hush whereas I think Americans there's more a bit of an aspiration of like an American dream and you know we've got to get this money that's what they're like they're like here is a bit like just make do with what you have hush hush don't talk about money but I say who does it benefit to not talk about money well it's interesting isn't it because you know we hear a lot about people saying go and follow your purpose in life, find your purpose and follow it. And there's enough podcasts on people, you know, talking about their purpose and following and following a dream, but that doesn't always reflect financially. You know, we've, we've heard the classic stories, haven't we, of, of go and make your money, go to, go to the banking industry, make all your money and then decide what career you want. But usually you sort of burnt out by that stage, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we see those extremes, but there's nothing much that comes before that. You know, there's nothing that really has taught as much about money. It's either you're in that world or you're, or you're everybody else. You know, mm. what, have, what have you seen? What's been your experience in that? It's really a mixed bag. One, I'd say a big one I've seen is not understanding financial manipulation in relationships. And that's not just romantic relationships. It could also be in family relationships. So I've seen that a lot. Uh, People Mm. aren't aware that they are being ripped off by their own family. People are being made to feel very selfish for their independent decisions. Mm. Um, Which that can cause huge, huge risks. Of course. Do you think it stems from jealousy and a a need that, we're all after something at the moment, you know, people want what somebody else has got. Do you see that as, do you see that coming up? Like I deserve that. I've worked just as hard. Yeah. It's also a mix, you know, some people, especially my mum and dad weren't born in this country. I know a lot of people whose parents weren't. Some parents Mm. tend to have this ideology, like everything I did for you. But I always say, listen, being a parent was a choice. The child did not choose to be here. You chose to have them. It is not their responsibility to look after you now. That is not why you should have done this. And I think it's very easy when you're close to someone to, even if it's a subtle demand, but subtly demand something you think you're deserving of because money you don't work hard for it's very easy to ask it's like getting a free drink if you're in the you know when they're giving out like samples and stuff versus a drink you've paid for a drink you haven't paid for you can have the choice to quickly open it not think about it maybe have a couple of sips and think I don't know if I like this drink and throw it away 
you wouldn't treat a drink you have paid for the same way. (laughs) And, (laughs) and it just goes to show that that's how people sometimes are with other people's money, that they feel deserving of it and deserving of what they have worked for. Have you seen that sort of as a, as a trend in like the younger generations coming up or are you seeing it across all generations with your work? I'm definitely seeing it across all generations. I am definitely seeing Gen Z make money and learn things a lot quicker Mm. Um, because of the internet. I remember my, my niece is 15 and she said to me, I think each generation is getting smarter. I said, no, you're not getting smarter. You just have access to better technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put her in her place. <laughs> I had to put her straight in her place. I was, I was driving. I was thinking, excuse me, darling. Excuse, do you think you are? <laughs> oh, I love that. But, but it, it, and I'm happy for Gen Z with, with the knowledge they have and the things that they're able to do. Because you see some of them, they're like, I bought a house at 21. Us millennials are like, you bought a what at what age? Yeah, but, I wasn't um, even thinking about a house at that age. Ex- exactly. I was like, ooh, first, first big girl holiday (laughs) (laughs) with my mates but I don't know how to say I think it's just learning different generations and and seeing from other people's stories like also what is possible but yeah definitely I I would say I I do see some things across the board especially when it comes to relationships I can have like 19 year olds asking me about like dating and you know they might be like oh my man's still working here and I just got my first you know I don't know, internship or apprenticeship and he's feeling funny about it. And I'm like, man, you're having these issues at 19. <laughs> but wow. it's across the board, yeah. In terms of our relationship to money, you know, and maybe listening to what you're saying, it's sort of a generational thing. And But our relationship to money classically, especially in, this, in the UK, I think it's one of those taboo subjects that sometimes people just would rather not talk about you know, if your friend says, you know, oh, we want to go out and we want to book these holidays, it's really hard to, to say no to stuff and to then suddenly start living beyond your means. How how do we start looking at that? How do we start managing our own finances and our own sort of communications in, in those moments? Because, you know, we're all out of COVID. I think people are needing to perhaps save money and be better than they were. I think we a lot of people were given money during COVID for all sorts of reasons, you know, especially in businesses and all sorts of stuff that the government was handing out and bounce back loans. And there's all sorts of things that had gone on during COVID and people weren't spending money. They were sat in their houses. So they were even saving the money they were, they were still earning. We were living beyond our means a little bit, I think, in some respects. And I wonder if you've seen any of that, how do we manage and how do we manage it? You know, how do we we try and say no we can't and no one wants to say I can't afford to do that in in this day and age something that my friend taught me she used to say it's not it's not in my budget right now and I think that's something we just need to say so something I personally do is if someone says we should we should meet up and we should catch up I say that's fine so whatever month we're in I look at the next month and that's simply because I'm trying to honor my relationship with money to the fact that I just can't keep finding income to spend immediately. And that's the thing, we we can't always have immediate gratification. When there's things I really want, especially when it's summer, I'm going to come to that about seasons, I have to make a wish list because I'm just like, I can't go broke just trying to get everything I want in one go. And it makes me think long-term, do I still want it after a certain point? But one of the things I want to talk about as well as seasons. So I look at seasons and something like summer I'm aware there's festivals there's flights you want to go out you want to have a good time you absolutely can if you know you're going to spend more in that season you need to learn to cut back in other seasons so something like q1 January to March 
in any year. I know it's cold. I'm like, nope, I'm not really going out. I'm saving my money. It's cold outside anyway. Of course, of course, I know that it can be costly to stay inside, but I think it's less costly than doing both. Mm -hmm. So I told myself I'm going to cut back a lot in this season because maybe April to June, I'm going to start spending more. And I just tell myself that in order to do that, I would have had to make cutbacks and it's okay like to have a fun fund as well. Mm. So I, I sometimes think people don't That's have good. that. Yeah, people look at money and they think and they forget it's something that they should enjoy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if you're doing all of this work, what exactly is it adding up to if you're not enjoying it? So if you you know what that fun is for, whatever you want to go and do, just put some money aside and, and literally have a fun fund. Um, and also be super organized. I swear by my calendar. That's how I know what's happening and how much things cost. So that's the best way to live, really. Mm, well, that sounds like a really smart way to live. If yeah. you're if you're being conscious of money, you know, as we said at, at the beginning, you know, people aren't always taught about money you know I remember you know I've grown up really in the creative industries you know nobody sat me down to tell me about money when I started my business ever all I was ever told by a family member who I'm sure should have told me more than this <laughs> so we're older and wiser but all I got was as long as you've got more money coming in than you have going out you'll be all right <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> how scary because the first thing I think is save enough money for taxes like oh my gosh that's like the first thing I think about whenever I get income from my business I literally think VAT tax accountant manager like before it even hits me <laughs> so I'm like number five amazing in, in, in my list because that's a good point actually that's a really yeah. good point look at that list and see where you fall within it once everything's come out exactly who do you have to pay and I've now made my team bigger in different ways and now I'm like oh this is a bit expensive but it's worth it for what I want to do and yeah some I, I'm telling you it's when you when you start to run a business it's bigger than you just getting paid it's sometimes about other people getting paid first before you as well mm, yeah and a really important point in terms of personal you know savings and how we look at that you know again something I've only learned in the last few years and I'm heading up to 40 you look great Thank you. <laughs> I'm learning more about not just saving money and stashing it sort of downside of the sofa, but it's learning about how to invest. And yeah. that's been top of my agenda for the last few years. And, you know, I've got lots of friends who I speak to about it who still are a bit like none the wiser on it. And it amazes me because these are smart people in smart jobs. You know, I hear some friends just saying, oh, well, I have a pension at work. So that's kind of ticked a box for them. And they're, they think that's kind of enough. Well, it, it might be. I don't, I don't have a PAYE salary, so I wouldn't know, you know, in my, mm. my pension, what I do is very different, but you know, it's just, it's learning how to make your money work for you. And I think the misconception from what I understand is that you need a lot of money to do that. And I don't think you do from everything I've ever read and learned. It's about starting small and just getting started. Absolutely. I'd always say, cause I get this question a lot. First of all, you choose the right investment platform. That's the key. Cause one of the things that you learn with investing over time is think about the fees um, because those are the fees that are going to cut into your profits. Now, a great reason to invest is because it over the long term, it should provide you with more profit and income because it should kind of offset any inflation. Yeah. So right now inflation is so high that your savings, even if we're seeing interest rates, interest rates go up, doesn't necessarily mean that you're still 
doing well. Mm. Um, so even if a savings rate, for example, is 5%, if inflation is 10%, you're still losing 5%. So every hundred pounds you earn, it's only worth about 95, basically. Mm. So the whole point of investing long-term is that one, you get into a good routine of seeing your money grow. But also, I just think for me, it's also another form of long-term like pension, because a lot of people, when they get to pension age, they may see that that isn't enough money to live on. Mm. You know, I have spoken to people who have said, who have told me, I remember one story that sticks out in my head of their dad who worked for, I think it was Royal Mail for 35 years and he couldn't afford his mortgage um, for his pension. So he had to move in with his daughter and son-in-law. You just have to think like they're pushing the pension age up and you just think, is this enough? Um, So I always try to think of the future if I can put some money away into investments because I just think it's important that we set ourselves up with options and always remember that if we are like tired now, we have tired days now, I have no idea what that's going to feel like in 30 or 40 years. (laughs) And I don't want to have to get up at the same rate that I do now in order to make money and survive. So it means that I have to make smart decisions. And once again, I think I want to quickly touch on seasons because I spent the last two years from last year, like really saving for a place. And then I moved in last year to my first place and mm. it's great and obviously it costs a lot of money furnishing etc but now I'm in a season where I'd like to spend yeah like I'm going on holidays I'm I'm buying nice things and but I always say you have to understand the seasons in your life and what they mean mm. um, so right now I want to have a summer of fun and a summer of spending but I'm cutting straight back as soon as like the end <laughs> of September hits. Cause I might think, I don't know, do I want to invest in something? Yeah. And that's going to cost quite a bit. Uh, do I want to buy another house? I don't know, but I just know that like there is a season for everything. And if you're almost too focused on one season, it can go either way. You can, cause even people who yeah. save a lot or invest a lot, it can become very boring and you don't get to enjoy your life. So it's all about having a balance. Mm. Well, I was going to ask you about that. Do you find yourself too hyper-focused on the sort of the the rules around saving and making sure you're set up for a future? Or, or is everything you're doing also allowing you to live a free life now? Now it is. So um, I'm at the start of my 30s now and I essentially spent a lot of my 20s not having much of a social life because okay. I was busy building to get to where I am now. And I'm immensely grateful for that. But I've told myself I will not put the same sacrifice up in my 30s. I'm now in a position where I can say no to things if I really don't want to do it. Everything isn't about money now. And that's a very privileged place to be in. But it's a place that I've worked very hard to get to. So I think it's key that you just know what season you're in. I, I So I did a lot of networking and I now have great friends as a result. But now it's like all of us, some on six figures or seven figures are now like, like, hey, you going to that party abroad? And we can afford to say that because before we were like, we're not going anywhere because, <laughs> because <laughs> we're building. So you just kind of have to know what stage you're in and why. Mm. And what are, what are your tips for, for people to start saving who might be listening now thinking, oh my God, I was partying through my 20s. I slightly thought I need to calm down a bit in my 30s. And, you know, mm. I haven't quite grasped the fact that I do need to save and I'm still living every day as if it's my last first of all don't beat yourself up because i come across a lot of people who beat themselves up case <laughs> whatever has happened already has happened don't focus on that start small 
and just keep going. And trust me, it will add up. So you just need to look at how much you can put away every month without like torturing yourself not to live a good life. So you still want to enjoy yourself, but you need to ask yourself, like, if you prioritize one, two, three in your life, where does saving come into that? And also what are you saving for? I think it's really mm. important to attach a why to why you're saving, because sometimes without it, it can feel pointless. And I always say to everybody should have an emergency fund because anything can happen at any time. So three to six months of expenses. And some people think that's a lot of money, but I say, well, start with one month and just keep going up but you will be so grateful for it if there is an economic downturn and there's job losses if something even happens in your immediate family and it means that you have to put money in yes yeah, so, so many random things so yeah. it's definitely worth having an emergency fund and just saving bit by bit make sure you're getting the best interest rate possible um, some people ask me about things like should I put it in a stocks and shares ISA? But once again, your capital is then at risk because it's being invested. And if something happens to that money, um, are you okay with that? It really depends what you're saving for. Mm. So um, yeah, I would say just start bit by bit and do it regularly. Don't change the amount so much. So like I said, if, for example, someone can only save let's say £500 a month, but during the summer they want to have more fun so they want to save less, I would then suggest during maybe the winter seasons, maybe you put in 650 750 so that then when the time comes to summer, you can actually enjoy yourself without thinking mm. my savings are taking a crazy hit for this. I kind of love your analogy of the seasons because somebody who's <sighs> obsessed with fashion and nature and all, <laughs> all of the things out there, I love, you know, I can visualise how that works and especially even as a businesswoman as well looking at you know my life sometimes just revolves around q1 q2 so and yeah. so forth. um so it's really good to actually try and have have that in your mind and visualize how how that looks one thing that i see against again you know lots of the younger generations to, to my age and older is living beyond their means and looking at other people looking on social media oh it's, <laughs> have you oh seen that gosh, of course <laughs> i've seen it and it's, it's so sad. You know, I'm someone I'm influenced these days and oh my gosh, I don't know if it's TikTok, but like, man, man alive, I can just see things and they're great. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, stop, do you need this? Like, I know I had really a friend the other day just saying, I've, yeah, I've just Instagram purchased and I was like, what does that mean? She was like, just the advert came up and I clicked one, two, three, but purchased some random Something. It can happen. And do you know, you can't even say, oh, you're buying junk. Nope. Sometimes it's like <laughs> great skincare. I would say, and I always say, people show their highlight reels online. You never know what somebody is doing to get the life that they are affording or, or we think they can afford. So um, I'd always say just we should all be mindful of that. We all need to live our race and live our life and mm. just keep going according to that. Because last year and the year before, I definitely wasn't really outside, as they say, like with, with, with all of my friends. I was like, if you really want to buy your own place, you're going to need to sit this out. It's going to be a bit painful, but hopefully you're not going to die. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and there will be more seasons and it's going to be fun. And now I'm in a season where I'm like, I'm back, I'm back. <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> and it's fun for them because they know they're like, oh, thank God. You know, <laughs> but yeah. I just say like, you can't get those sweet spot moments without the sacrifices. And you just need to be able to talk to yourself to say, listen, like certain things are not worth it. Like don't live beyond your means and don't try to live a life that you know is truly not yours because you're the only person who ends up paying for it. Mm. Um, 
yeah, it's it's really it's it's really you. And I think one of the things that we always have to do is get honest with ourselves. There are yeah. times when I can say, like I said, I went to visit my best friend. She lives in Berlin now, and I said I've spent too much money this month, and she was like is it because you're going on holiday at the end of the month? And I was like, yes, that's exactly why I want to look fabulous. And I was like, <laughs> but it was, it was something I needed to say out loud to yeah. her, to myself, because it was just like, this is too much. But at the same time, we need to have those conversations with ourselves. When mm. is it too much? And maybe when is it too little? And are we being honest with ourselves about what we need to do to make those situations right again? Because no matter what, I budget every month and ensure that things are insanely up to date and I'm being yeah. honest. And I even have to do that now because I'm like, great. Okay, so you've gone over your clothes budget this month. What does that look like? Where can you cut back? What are you going to do? But these are conversations I need to have with myself to essentially balance my books again. Honest conversations with ourselves is is literally where like financial maturity starts. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I had that with myself actually at the beginning of this year. I said, get back to where you were nearly 10 years ago when you started your business. And when I started my business, you know, you, you think differently. You know, you're new to the game. Um, you know, you're savvy, especially about money, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're just starting to earn it on your own terms. You don't shop because you'd be stupid. You're, you're building mm -hmm. a business. And your relationship to money, I think, at that stage is just like get it, just keep collecting it because, you know, you're living in a flat share where I was at the time and you want to get mm -hmm. out of it and you want a new life and you have that kind of goal. And, you know, I felt, you know, when I started my journey, that was a real strong mindset for me. And then lo and behold, you earn a bit more money and the years go on. And then the the little like treats you'd buy yourself when you run a new client would suddenly be a, a weekly treat instead of a <laughs> monthly treat. You know, you're like, well, oh. I bought this handbag represents this. And, the, and then that makes psychologically, you've basically, you know, explained to yourself why you purchased a really expensive handbag. And it's okay. Mm. It's just when that starts to seep in beyond, you know, slightly out of control. And I love shopping. Mm. You know, I always said to myself at the beginning of this year, right, that's it. No, no newness, no nothing. You've got anything that you do get is either coming from your friends who work at vintage companies where, you know, you can go and purchase directly from there and secondhand. Great. But nothing, A, nothing new, B, like just no shopping of any sorts, unless oh. it's vital. And it's it's really refreshing. It's kind of like you're up against it. You're like, come at me shopping. You're like, come <laughs> at me, all those adverts that you're going to serve up on Instagram. I'm yeah. going to show you. And it's getting back into that strong mindset that I think is really easy, especially again, after COVID, after having a couple of years of like, everyone having a bit more money in their banks and not going out as much, you know, the spending definitely creeps in without you realizing it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I definitely had a period where I was like, no, I'm not buying new things. But now I'm kind of in a period again. I'm like, okay, I want to, but I know you're right. Like I said, you, you have those peaks and troughs and I think I'm currently in a peak, but I know. And I'm like, I talk to myself, I'm like, Bola, I see what you're doing. I see you want those trainers. I'm back in my fashion bags. I'm like, you want those trainers? You want that bag? But I see you yeah. and I'm like, and you're on a timer. So, you know, but you're on a strict timer of like, I'm not just doing this free, like freehand. I'm doing this with a plan of if I buy this, this money's coming from there. This is still covered. That is still covered. You can still put money in your emergency fund. You can still put money in your investments. Mm. Um, and I always, and that is how I justify things to myself. Like, 
what does this mean for the standard of my living? And can I still live to a good standard if I get X? And if I can't, I won't buy it. I was, I, in my twenties, I was like, <laughs> I'm the youngest of six. So like, amazing. I've seen some of my siblings, not all of them, like kind of have this like fashion crazy era of like buying really expensive yeah. designer goods and buying a really nice car. And I promised myself I wouldn't do any of those things before I had a property. And that was my personal value. But I think it's key to know your financial values and why it's important to you. Mm, I totally agree. And I really admire you for having that strength to do that and to be determined. And it's it's difficult. And I think especially, you know, the way we've all been brought up, it's not necessarily second nature. And I think the way that your parents talk about money probably impacts the way you have and talk about money and your relationships with money. And I think it's it's a brave thing to get out there and to say no to those shiny things that are so instant. <laughs> and quick and they're amongst your peer groups of people who are all pretty much trying to do the same and then you know you get to a certain age and you realize well that actually doesn't matter now Um, (laughs) and that's the thing don't get me wrong I want the shiny things too but I think at what cost there was literally like a party that I missed out on last year that was abroad Mm. but I was buying my house and my friend was also getting married I couldn't go I was buying my house and it was kind of sucked but now I'm outside again. I'm like, time is a bit of an illusion. I did what I needed to do then. And now I'm back outside and it means more because there isn't this sense of regret. That's really smart. Well, look, thank you so much. It has been such a great like power chat um, (laughs) about money. There's like so much in there. And I think, you know, I'm definitely going to have taken a lot from that. And I think there's lots of little things we can apply. Is there anything else that you wanted to, to chat or get across? When it comes to money conversations, um, start having them with your people, your personal people and things, because we talk about everything else, relationships, yeah. et cetera, work. And at times we avoid the money conversation. And sometimes we really need to have it because we don't always know what people are going through. We can't, we can't even be there for them if we are not open up, opening up our mouths to say, this is actually what I'm going through. Let's start having better money conversations. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think we have to remember that those conversations at times are going to be really awkward. They're going to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, but you are going to. But feel we still better. have to have them. Right. Well, that is a wonderful place to round this interview off. Go get awkward. Go and get that conversation, and um, let's put money at the top of the agenda and and um, make it work for us at the end of the day. I'm Francesca Donellan, and you've been listening to Becoming More Human, the podcast. You can follow Becoming More Human on Instagram, subscribe, rate and review the podcast on your podcast apps such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon and Google. And don't forget to check out our website for exclusive audio content on becomingmorehuman.co.uk. Join me next week for another inspiring conversation. Thank you for listening.